This is Cyrus Fees, voice of the NWA, Global Force Wrestling, and fight shows around the world. You're listening to The Kings of the Ring. You're listening to The Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Cyrus Fees makes his season two debut in today's episode, playing an old favorite. Cyrus Fees, the wrestling and MMA ring announcer and play-by-play analyst for Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, a UAE Warriors out of Dubai, XFC MMA and NBC Sports, EFC in South Africa, and so many other wrestling and fighting groups around the world. Plus the host of In This Corner with Cyrus Fees, where he interviews such MMA legends as Frank Mir, Chris Cyborg, Big John McCarthy, and many more. I want to give a quick shout out to some of our longtime patrons who joined during season one. Uh, Rob Dezima, Ian Bobine, American Travis, Mike Peel, and a big welcome to some of the new patrons, Daniel Anderson, Justin Herrick, and Patrick Hayden. This is primarily a listener-supported show, so thanks so much to everyone. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode will be rated M.A. for profanity and vulgar anatomical descriptions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. And that is why the people stand with Buddy Melrose. Hollywood Buddy Melrose, standing in front of hundreds, thousands even, cheering along with him, holding signs. Something's different. He's not in a wrestling ring or even in his trunks or robe. He's in a suit. He slowly wakes from his dream. He can still hear the machines. Still in the hospital, still so tired, and still with these dreams. But he doesn't smell his wife's perfume, he smells aqua velva. His eyes slowly pry open, and he sees the six foot six inch, 300 pound frame of Dude, you're awake, Eric. Thor Hansen drops the EWF magazine with him on the cover, then leans in close from his chair and touches Buddy's hand. Buddy! Thank the Lord you're alive. Yeah. I mean it, brother. We all heard what happened. That fucking Goliath. Can't believe I idolized that guy. He's got a receipt coming, that's for damn sure. Nah, it's not his fault. Ten years ago, even five years ago, I, I could have taken that splash. Enough about Goliath. How have you been, dude? It's been a roller coaster the past year, but it's all happening, brother. My dreams are, are coming true. Buddy squeezes the hand of his former protege and tag team partner. I knew you had it in you. And now the Rambo movie? Fuck yeah, buddy. I never got to thank you for that. Me and Stallone. The guy's like my brother now. But it's not all roses. Julian and Nigel Davies keep me on a pretty tight leash and a lot of talk shows and meeting all these marks in suits. It's like I'm putting on a show on for him, you know, lifting secretaries and that whole gimmick. I feel a bit like Julian's dancing monkey at the time. It's all part of being a top guy. The top guy. <laughs> You're probably the top draw in the business. Well, I don't know about that, buddy. I heard about the houses you and Goliath drew. Yeah, well, that runs over. Yeah, speaking of Japan, my bridge is totally burned in Tokyo. Julian won't let me work there anymore. Mikasa won't even talk to me ever since I had to turn down last year's Grand Prix at the Budokan. You'll be fine without Japan, kid. You know, buddy, 
Everyone in the business has been worried about you, praying for you, even Julian. Really? Hey, let me miss all of today's press bullshit just to let me visit you. He's very uh, sympathetic to your, uh... Thor gestures to Buddy being all wired up to this hospital bed. The situation. Chicken and you was the only reason I'm here. Julian wanted me to tell you something. Is he awake? Oh, shit. I know that voice anywhere. Hey, uh, I'm gonna take a hike, brother. Thor gets up to leave. Hey, buddy, how you feeling? Hey, what the hell are you doing here? Nellie Gotch is face to face with Thor, the man he and his father blame second most for all their troubles, for no-showing them when they needed him most. Mellow out, dude. I'm just here to see Buddy. I got no heat with you, Nelly. Thor moves to walk out. Well, I got heat with you, shit for brains. You got a lot of nerve showing your fucking face around. Nelly, wait. Nelly is standing in the doorway so Thor can't leave. You gonna move, or am I gonna have to move you? Nelly backs up out of the doorway, sarcastically, keeping his eyes fixed on Thor's. Go on ahead, Thor. Don't want to stop you from stealing more of our TV stations. Thor walks away and raises his arm as he walks, showing Nelly his middle finger. Making more money than I ever did working for you and your old man. Most people who sell their souls do. Prick. Nelly steps in, tries to cool off. You know, buddy, I think I've had about enough of these Japan-worshipping giant gaijins thinking they can talk to me like that. Just relax, or they're gonna need to get you a bed next to me. <laughs> Kings of the Ring, Episode 3, Training Day. Thank you for choosing Eastern Airlines on our flight from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. Julian Kane uh, steps into first class, wading through other businessmen in their similar-looking suits and briefcases, to sit next to Louis the Greek and Nigel Davies. Who the fuck does Leroy think he is? First class is for the world champion only. Where the fuck is Thor? Leroy, get up! Louis tries to quiet Julian. No, no, no. Uh, Thor, uh, give him seat. Uh, Leroy, a bad knee. What? Get him a fucking ice pack and tell him to get pills from Dr. Bilson like everybody else. Leroy is Thor's idol. He said it was the least he could do. It just for today, Julian. A long flight. Julian tries to look back in the coach for Thor. He needs to quit doing shit like this. I don't need Mark seeing him squeezed between two snot-nosed brats on their Disney vacation. I'm in enough trouble because of Thor already. What do you mean? I was just on the phone with Sylvester Stallone. Ripping me a new asshole for this fucking ABC News report. I wish reporter drop dead. And KJ Parker, too. Uh, he didn't even wear a disguise like uh, people do on Phil Donahue's show. He showed his face. How'd this even happen? Empire Mania made too much noise. A signal to the world that wrestling had arrived at the grown-up table. We're a target now. We're the girl with the biggest tits in the room. And everyone wants a squeeze. The sponsors we've acquired are tedious at best. They never sponsored wrestling before, and now Tang is threatening to pull. First thing first, someone need to teach the jabroni KJ Parker a lesson. Expose the business like he did. He even make Blade on TV. What do you think, Nigel? Should we stop fighting and just go with it? Let people know it's a work 100%? Maybe I can do 60 minutes or something. No, that's absurd. You shouldn't do anything. The three of them look up and Les Henderson is kneeling up on his seat in front of them, holding an ice-cold can of Olympia, annoying the businessman beside him. I'm telling you, fans don't care. Fans have always sort of known it's work. Uh, 
It'll blow over. How'd you get up here in the first class? I'm always booked in the first class for meetings like this. Go back in the coach and find someone to switch with. Hendo sadly walks out of first class towards coach. What we need is a distraction. Something to divert America's attention. Get them thinking about something new. But one way or another, we need this story squashed before Rambo comes out in May. The outlaw Jesse James speaks to the wrestlers of SCW as they slowly get dressed for this morning's WVBS TV tapings. You're here, now listen up. Everybody has seen the news this week how that nobody never was KJ Parker and that little weasel Michael Sluck went and done exposed our ways to the world. Now those two will get their comeuppance one day. But in the meantime, we got a whole heap of people who watch us on that cable show every Saturday night who've been told that what we do in that ring is bullshit. The men nod and clench their fists in anger. What we gonna do? My kids already getting shit at school. Calling his daddy fake. We are gonna do what Crusher Crawcheck did and show the world there ain't nothing fake about what we do. We need to turn it up from here on out. Really, lay your shit in in that ring. Work as stiff as we have to. So the people will say that that Empire shit with that, that cartoon Thor Hansen, that might be fake, but not this. We might get some bumps and bruises along the way, but it has to be done, boys. Jesse heads for another room, then Denny Wayne stops him. Oh, Mr. Jane. Jesse stops and moves in closer. I don't know if my bloodshot eyes are playing tricks on me. But did I see the comedian Jimmy Buck wandering around the ring this morning like he was fixing to wrestle? Jesse moves in closer. Ugh, yeah. Denny throws his hands up. Did you not just cut a promo in the entire locker room about how we're the, the bullshit free wrestling federation? Now you're gonna drop Vinny from Bank Robbery Bonanza into our sacred ring? Listen, uh, I know how it looks eh? and the timing is the shits, but... We got a good deal cooking up, and uh, you're just going to have to trust me. I guess I'm going to have to, boss man. Well, let's just see how this first deal gets over today. Uh, push comes to shove, I, I won't air it tonight. And the only people that will know it even happened are the folks in that studio today. In Stone Mountain, Georgia, outside Atlanta, a long brown Thunderbird with New York plates pulls up outside a beat-up old warehouse. The car pulls up between a few other cars and a motorhome trailer, and out steps Prince Abdullah. The prince turns around to see a short and pudgy young man in training gear. I'm Chris Stanley. I'm here to begin my wrestling training. Prince looks him up and down, confused. My uncle sent me? Bert Ironside? Ah, Bert, yes. A man with an enormous bush, almost as big as mine. Uh... The seven Oshkosh men of the meat machine are paired up inside and outside of a wrestling ring. All slowly pretend brawling, but punching each other straight in the face. What the fuck? This prison yard street fight! Abdullah impatiently walks closer, shaking his head. Oh, shit. I think you broke my nose. The six foot seven inch Mike Peel grabs his face. Sorry, Mike. I was just trying to knock you out. Why are you trying to knock anyone out? They look back at him, puzzled. 
Bob's teaching us how to wrestle. Prince turns and sees brutal Bob Walker sitting in a chair, leaned back, feet crossed, hands behind his head. Long time no see, Akbar. Abdullah glares at brutal Bob with a raised eyebrow. Yes, and not long enough. You smarten up no one, Baba Walker. Just working our way up to it. No good, Baba. Jesse need ready for TV quick. Abdullah walks up to the six foot seven inch Mike and cradles his face with his thumbs over his nose. Hold still! And shoves his nose up into his cavity with a crunch, but resets his broken nose. Oh, thanks. Hey, close enough. Good news is you are already ugly. Abdullah climbs into the ring. Listen, my young friends. I see now, Jesse Jane, bring you down from cold weather to make you become Ressa. This make me smile, and my duel get hard as rock. He grabs his crotch. But then it gets soft again when I see you break each other's nose. No, 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 no. Wrestling is a work. Does anyone know what I mean when I say this? Bo Riggs raises his hand. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, wrestling is hard work. I agree. <sighs> Baba Walker, step in the ring. Just demonstrate on one of them. Baba, we do this the easy way or the hard way? Bob shakes his head and reluctantly climbs in. This, how you punch. Abdullah wheels back and fires a big bolo punch at Bob. The meat machine guys and Chris wince in pain seeing this. Abdullah points at the six foot three inch, 280 pound Nathan Wilkinson already in the ring. I'm going to hit you the same way I just hit the Bob. Everyone watch ice. Are you ready? Nathan flexes and crouches down. Abdullah wheels back, just like before, as Nathan closes his eyes and winces and fires the same big bolo punch at Nathan. But to the surprise of everyone, Nathan barely moves an inch. It's okay, sir. I'm ready. Go ahead and punch me. I just did. Same exact way I hit a Baba Walker. But I barely felt a tap on my forehead. If we punch everyone the way you all punch each other when the prince walk in room, wrestler face be bloody, a black eye, a broken nose every single night. So how do you hurt a guy enough to pin him if you're punching like that? Wait a minute, guys. Was that ABC report true? Is wrestling fake? Jesus H. Christ in a popsicle stick. This but can't it, be it makes a lot of sense. I give you all five minutes to pick your brains off the floor. Twenty minutes later, I finally get it. Yeah. I mean, I was sad at first, then, then I hurt. actually feel good about now this too. Okay. Yeah. okay, now that you all get over your heart attack, let me see you run ropes and bump. Riggs steps up and starts running the ropes. Brutal Bob turns to Abdullah and points at Chris. Who's the kid? He's on the Bert Ironside. Uh, we must train him too. Uh, nephew, okay, actually. Next. He thinks you can be a wrestler? He looks down at Chris's dumpy body. Look at you. You look like a, a bowl of melted vanilla okay, ice cream. <laughs> well, Uncle, I mean, Bert is just trying to find a spot for me. Just some way to fit in. Brutal Bob turns okay, to Chris for Stanley. Your turn, ice cream. Chris climbs in, been watching wrestling matches his whole life and seeing everyone crash on their back and get back up. First, run the rope. Chris runs towards the ropes like everyone else and turns to his side to bounce against them. Ow. It's like 
running into a steel fence. Yuck. Uh, no, no, skip that part. Uh, do back a bump. Chris composes himself, still confused why the ropes didn't bend like they do on TV, and stands in the middle of the ring. Just jump straight up in the air and land flat on your back. Chris looks around at all the eyes on him and reminds himself how everyone else in the room just did it. There's a waste of time. He can't do this shit. Chris vaults his short little legs up and looks up at the ceiling and prepares for the trampoline-like landing. Chris feels like he got hit by a truck. His entire body racked with pain, like he fell off a building. The ceiling spins around him and gets dark. Chris awakens on a chair outside the ring. His head hurts along with his entire back. He looks around and everyone is paired up again, hitting each other, but not killing each other like before. A couple of the powerhouses walk over to Chris. Chris, is it? I'm Jason. That didn't look right at all. And you did that? You bent your back in half and bounced your head off the mat like a basketball. Let me do it again. Let me try again. Abdullah, Bob, I'm okay now. Can I try this again? They stop. Chris enters the ring again, stands in the same position as before, while everyone watches. It don't make sense to your brain, but the higher you jump, the easier the landing. took that fucking chin this time. Don't listen to Shark. Go on, Chris. Chris stands facing the wall, slightly crouched, his hands outstretched in front of him, remembering to jump higher and to keep his chin glued to his chest. He jumps again, watching the lights of the ceiling. That was still the shits. But not as bad as before. But you didn't knock yourself out. Looks around from the mat and smiles. King to the Ring will be back after these messages. I believe in how I feel, it's largely how I think. I believe how I look, it's what I eat and drink. I believe in Crystal Light, because I believe in me. New Crystal Light drink mix is sweetened a whole new way. There's no sugar, no saccharin, and no saccharin aftertaste. All these natural flavors taste so terrific. It's hard to believe there's only four calories to a glass. I believe in I'm John Palmer. Tomorrow on NBC Nightly News, the world's population growth seems out of control. One country uses baby killing and forced abortion to reduce its numbers, while the Reagan administration tries to sell free enterprise as a system that reduces the birth rate. A report tomorrow on NBC Nightly News. Friday, it's Don Knotts and Tim Conway in a howling whodunit. Oh my gosh. They'll keep you guessing and leave you laughing. They're the private eyes Friday. We now return to Kings of the Ring. Gerald George, a.k.a. Corporal Punishment, sits in the office of John Snyder, the president of Hasbro Toys. Snyder is a bigger, older fellow with dyed brown hair painted on across his head and a pencil-thin mustache. His sycophants line the tables as they face the EWF's most vocal patriots. You want me to be a part of G.I. Joe, Mr. Schneider? No, Gerald. John Schneider is on the Dukes of Hazzard. I'm John Schneider. I apologize, Mr. Schneider. It's okay, son. But we don't want you for G.I. Joe. It's more than that. See, we want to build a whole toy line of you. And you alone. Your own cartoon. 
give you a supporting cast, a, a love interest for the little Goyles. Corporal Punishment, America's number one patriot. A man near an easel removes a large poster board card, revealing a colorful drawing of Corporal Punishment as an actual cartoon character, his trademark brown flat top exaggerated like a box top. Holy shit. Excuse me, ma'am. He looks at Mr. Snyder's secretary taking notes. But I am completely blown away. Uh, I still want to wrestle, though. Of course, Gerald, we're counting on that. You beat the bad guys in the wrestling ring, then kids can watch you on the Saturday morning funnies. This is uh, overwhelming. Mr. Snyder walks up and Jerry shakes his hand. All right, let's get some pictures. The corporal stands beside John Snyder in front of the giant cartoon of corporal punishment as the other Hasbro employees gather around. The Ribera Steakhouse and a busy stretch of Gotanda in Greater Tokyo is packed tonight with some of the wrestlers from World Japan Wrestling after another sold-out show at Budokan Hall. President and star wrestler Mikasa looks on in pride as he watches the owner of one of the few steakhouses in Japan present a gold satin Ribera jacket to Yosemite Smith. Yosemite smiles alongside tag team partner Tex Harper and Nishikawa. Both Texas wrestlers in red pinstripe jogging suits with cowboy hats. Mikasa steps away through the crowded restaurant floor as the American wrestlers mingle in with the Japanese wrestlers and various Yakuza soldiers, their colorful tattoos peeking out from under their jacket sleeves or collars. Mikasa steps behind the counter where the man hands him the phone, attached to the wall by a cord. Moshimosh! Mikasa, it's Charlie. Gotch. Ah, Charlie Gotch! Yes, my old friend. I need your help. Charlie Gotch, you a raving legend in Japan. You a raving legend in America. What Charlie Gotch need for help? Mikasa, give to Charlie Gotch. It's about Goliath. Ah, Goraite, your champion. I like Goraite, your champion. Goraite defend AMW champion Osaka. Goraite defend AMW champion Saitama. Goraite defend AMW champion Tokyo. Make World Japan look good. Make AMW look good. Make Choligotch look good. Make Mikasa look good. He's not my champion anymore. I fired him. Did he tell you that? No. You take a sharp knife. Put in the fire. Red hot. Take knife. Stab Mikasa in stomach. Pull knife up like a zipper to Mikasa hotto. Mikasa inside. Fall to floor. This cannot be true. Yeah. I don't care what you do with him, but I fired his fat ass and stripped him of the title. Hmm. You, Charlie Gotch, a legend, 
Chorigoch, Reso Mikasa, Budokan, a 1966. Attendance, break record. Television, break record. Gate, break record. You say Goraete champion no more? Mikasa say Goraete champion no more. He needs to send the belt back. Mikasa, young boy. Mikasa, nobody. Mikasa, resu, chaligotch. Mikasa, esu. Mikasa, ichiban. Mikasa, send Peruto back to chaligotch. No, he needs to send it. This isn't your responsibility. Hey, is that all Chaligotch want from Mikasa? Yes, thank you, my friend. Sayonara, Chalisan. Mikasa hangs up the phone. Masahiro! A younger Japanese wrestler, barely 18, runs over. Hey, Mikasa-san! Goraete wa doku desu ka? Young Masahiro points to the other end of the room, only about 20 feet away, where Goliath sits surrounded by girls in Yakuza, eating a pile of steaks and drinking a pitcher of Japanese beer. Mikasa slaps young Masahiro. The entire side of his face turns red with a visible Mikasa-sized handprint branded into his spongy light skin. Young Masahiro bows repeatedly and walks backwards, thanking and praising Mikasa for the honor of this slap. Mikasa strides over to the other side of the room with a stern look on his face and stands before Goliath, who looks up. Goraite, I speak. Chaligotch, then Mode. Charlie say, you AMW champion no more. Chaligotch say, you send Berto back to America. Ha! Fuck what he says. Goliath goes back to his stakes. Goraite. If Chaligotch say you send Beruto back to America, Mikasa say you send Beruto back to America. Rikai Suru. Well, if he wants his belt back, I'd better give it to him then. He reaches down and pulls up the AMW North American Championship belt, then looks at one of the girls. You, are you still on your period? Are you still bleeding? Bleeding from your cunt? Hey, what I say, son? Good. I'm gonna need you then. Every last drop. <laughs> Fucking Charlie Gotch. <laughs> Welcome back to All Star Wrestling from Atlanta, Georgia, only on the Superstation WVBS. I have a, a very special guest to introduce you to this week. He's the star of such classic comedy movies like Bank Robbery Bonanza and Hockey House. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jimmy Buck. Jimmy Buck steps out in a tweed sports coat and button shirt, his frizzy dark hair combed down. Thank you, Jay. I'm a big fan of the show, and I'm very happy to be here. You're a, a big Hollywood movie star. Why are you here? Well, Jay, we get time in between pictures. Some spend time with their families. Others have uh, hobbies. You know, my dream was always to step into that ring. 
You want to be a professional wrestler? Yes, sir. That was always the dream. And I've spoken with the heads at Hawkins Promotions, and they're allowing me to participate in a exhibition match right here next week. Really? That's amazing. Have you even trained to wrestle before? No, 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 I haven't, Jim. But I don't think I'm going to need that much training. Okay, uh, how's that? Uh, this ain't easy. These are, are big, tough guys. I'm aware of that, but I still think uh, I'll be fine. Just, you know, on my own uh, natural abilities. Okay, uh, who's your opponent? I think I'd like to keep that a surprise for now. And next week, you'll find out. At the Chase Hotel in St. Louis, they're in the middle of a Heartland Pro Wrestling TV taping as owner Crusher Krawcheck is heading towards the door. Raphael Angel walks up wearing Ray-Ban shades, a red leather jacket, tight jeans, and blonde hair fluffed to one side, looking like Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid. Crusher Krawcheck, what, what an honor for us to meet each other, sir. I, I'm Kenny. I talked to you on the phone about uh, booking me for some Heartland shows. Raphael Angel is your working name, right? Damn right. I worked on top in All-South Wrestling for all of 1984. I carried the territory, drew monster houses. I can do the same for you. Yeah, and Bert fired you. I don't hear good things about you, kid. I don't need that kind of headache. Crusher starts walking and pulls out a cigarette. Please, Mr. Krawcheck, I got nowhere else to go. Crusher stops and he catches up to him. Hey man, what can I say? I I fucked up my shot as a top guy. I mean, Burt Ironside made me an angel brother. A fucking angel brother. I did everything they told me to do, but the fans knew I wasn't blood. I never had a chance. I was dead on arrival. It wasn't my fault, and I I mean, maybe I could have handled things better, but uh, I did my best. And Bert's blackballing me everywhere now. Just give me a chance of begging you, book me for a couple shows, see how it goes. Crusher sighs. Two conditions. You work heel. Everybody hates you naturally, and I can see why. You ain't doing no angel gimmick. Use your real name or something. Second, he grabs him by the scruff of his shirt and pulls him in. Kenny gulps. If you pull any crap on me, or give me any kind of a reason to slap you like I did that ABC reporter, I will. Hey, you won't regret this, Crusher. This is the smartest move you ever made in your whole life. Crusher stops and glares at him. I mean, this is a smart move. You can start tomorrow in Topeka. In the meantime, pull up a chair at the curtain and watch the show. Keep your mouth shut and your eyes and ears open. Goodbye, Raphael Angel. Say hello to the best, Kenny West. As Crusher lights up a cigarette, 
A man in a members-only jacket trots over, waving a pen and holding a pad of paper. Carl Crusher Crutchick. Fucking box. I don't sign autographs, Mac. Go back inside and enjoy the show. Well, you're gonna want to sign this. He hands a manila envelope to Crusher, who takes it. You've been served, pal. And walks off. You want me to kick that guy's ass? Crusher opens the envelope and pulls out a paper and moves it around, unable to read it. I don't have my glasses. What is it? Uh-oh. This is from Michael Sluck, the ABC News reporter. From permanent damage, blah, 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 videotape proof. Holy shit, Crusher. You're being sued for $2 million. What? Hey, uh, does this mean you're still gonna book me? This week's deleted scenes were Julian Kane talking to Sylvester Stallone about the ABC News Exposed report, and Thor Hansen having heat with corporal punishment. If you're listening through Patreon, I hope you enjoyed those two scenes. If you did not hear them, then you're listening to the worldwide release version of Kings of the Ring, and I invite you to become a patron, since every episode will have at least one deleted scene. Uh, You can still follow the story if you don't, but the deleted scenes will definitely expand and enhance the show. Speaking of which, I want to shout out to our top guys of Patreon, Duncan Clark, Jeremiah DeBolt, Russ Linderman, Zach Like, Dom Rose, Randy Larzelier, John Snyder, Justin Taylor, Nathan Wilkinson, Matthew Rogers, Michael Sluck, John Johnson IV, and Yosemite Smith. That's right, the same Yosemite Smith who got his Ribera jacket in Tokyo this episode. If you are a championship tier or higher on Patreon, you will hear the fully extended, deleted scene included version of the Kings of the Ring a full two weeks before the rest of the world does, plus access to the director's commentary behind the scenes show, Breaking Kayfabe. Uh, Coming up, we'll see Jimmy Buck's wrestling debut for Southeast Championship Wrestling. The Meat Machine and Chris Stanley continue their training. The Rock and Rollers continue their climb. Buddy Melrose has some news for Charlie Gotch. And Corporal Punishment gives Julian Kane the big news. All that and much, much more next time on Kings of the Ring.